Welcome to the Journey Church Podcast. It's our hope that the next few moments lead you closer to Jesus, encourage you to grow, and equip you to exist for those not yet here. If you enjoyed today's message, we'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast so that we can bring you fresh content every week as you continue in your walk with Christ. We will have a good time. And so uh, if you have kids in here and you do not want them to learn the birds and the bees from your pastor, you should get up right now and take them to kids class. If not, they're about to hear from God's word about the birds and the bees. I just want you to know what's about to happen. I'm going to try. I see some kids in here. I'm going to try to keep it PG. Some of you also come from more traditional churches. You're going to get super red faced. And so I'm going to try to keep it biblical. And so uh, we are starting a new sermon series today called What's the Line? We're going to do this for probably, uh, I don't know, the next couple months. And so July 4th is like the midway mark of the summer. And uh, we'll probably hang out here for the next, for the next few, few weeks, do a couple creative things. Uh, we did a Q&A a few years ago where you submitted questions, anything. You could talk about anything, you know, questions you have about stuff going on in the world, culture, and we try to biblically answer them. We might land there for a couple weeks. We haven't done that for a long time. Keep it interesting. But today, I want to kind of give you a foundation uh, of kind of how we got to where, to where we're at. And so uh, I, I think we live in a world that's, that's pretty crazy. I'm just like, I'm not, I'm 42. And so I know older, the older you get, the more crazy you think the world gets. But like, I look around and I'm like, I can't figure out. I'm just a simple guy. Like, and I, I have a hard time figuring stuff out the way that it's going in our world. And so I'm trying to keep up, but I'm out of breath. Anybody else where I'm like, I'm trying to understand you, but I don't understand you. And so uh, I had a conversation on vacation. I was at Myrtle Beach uh, with my family, and another couple from our church came down. Uh, their son was playing baseball for a month down there, and so they were just happened to be the same week we were there. So we went to one of his games, and we went out to eat. We make a small talk, and uh, I asked this lady. She works at a small pri- private school locally. I said, hey, how's uh, enrollment looking for this year? Because a lot of private schools, their enrollment's way up because of the craziness that's going on in the public schools. And that's a whole other d- debate and argument on what should we do. And you could ask me in private, but I'm not, there's nothing really biblical that I can kind of give to you that says, here's what you should do with your kids. You got to decide, right? And so, uh, but I asked her, I said, how's the enrollment looking? How's the interest at, at your school? She said, it's crazy right now. I'm like, well, why is it so crazy? Because, like, what's, what's peaking people's interest? He's like, well, the main school district in our, in our area of influence is Owen J. Roberts. And I just want to preference this by, by saying, I'm, I'm, this is not to bash Owen J. Roberts at all. If it was Spring Forward, I would go at it, right? And so, because I'm, I'm Phoenixville. I, I bleed purple, right? But Owen J. I don't got a problem with, right? They're not that good. And so, uh, <laughs> and so o, Owen J., you know, they got, they, 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 they're having this issue going on at their school. And I said, what's the issue? She said, well, a lot of parents are having a problem with this decision they're wrestling with in their school. They have somebody that identifies as a furry going to their school. And I'm like, okay, what's a furry? She explains to me, you know, in layman's terms, what a furry is. And they're tr- I said, she said, they're trying to figure out where to put the litter box in the school for the kid that identifies as a, as a cat and, uh, or whatever it is. And so, and I was like, I was eating nachos. I remember I like, I was like, what? Because you know, a couple years ago, I was from Boyertown. There was this big national news story about bathrooms and stuff like that. Like Boyertown, like that's what they're known for. Good job, Boyertown. And so, and like that was like a big deal. But I'm like, okay, well, now we're now we're litter boxing it. And I, I listen, I know that's a real kid that has that has things they're going through, just like my kids. And so. 
I, I want to be really careful. I didn't say this the first couple services because I let my, my carnal get in the way, my flesh. And so, because I think it's ridiculous. I do. Like, I, 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 as a sinner, I want to laugh at them and tell them that's so stupid. My heart breaks, though, that we're going that far. And then my question was, what's, what's, what's the line? Like, okay, when, when do you get, like, mad? What is the line in, in our culture? Where, where do we draw the line? You can pick what sex you want. You can, somebody going to pick what age you want. That's coming. I don't know if you understand that, but that is, in the next three years, that's not going to be a joke. That's going to be truth. You can pick your race. Don't tell me I can't pick my, my race, if I can pick my gender. Like, all that's coming because there's no line. You can be a furry. There, there, there's no line. And, our, and what's sad is our kids are just being led farther and farther and farther away from the truth. We know there's no line without Christ because Christ is our freedom, but the Bible is our protection, our wisdom, our boundary. Christ gives us freedom, but he sets up boundaries for us to fully enjoy the freedom. Let, let, me, let me make it really practical. How many of you have a dog? How many of you have put up a fence in your backyard for your dog? If you live on a, in a neighborhood, most of you, some of you are like, no, I trained my dog. Oh, big whoop, right? Like... <laughs> For those of us who don't speak dog, right? Like, we put a fence up. When your dog runs out into the yard, is your dog mad at you? You know when your dog's irritated at you when you put him on one of those, those leashes? But when you take your dog out and you say, you have this entire yard to have, a, to have a fence in, the fence is not there to keep them from something. The fence is there for their what? The dog runs out. He's like, <laughs> right? And the dog is in heaven because they can go out and enjoy the yard. And we understand that. We do that. We'll spend thousands of dollars putting up a fence. But I ask you spiritually, what's your fence? What's your boundary? How do you, how do you expel? I'm not, I don't, I'm not doing that. I'm not letting the Bible tell me what to do. The Bible is clear. Outside of Christ, there is no line. Watch what scripture says in, in Isaiah 59, describing people outside of Jesus. The blind people, the Bible says, it says, their feet rush into sin. They are swift to shed innocent blood. If you wonder this whole, you know what's going on in our culture right now, why there is such an argument and, 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 about basic things. Like, man, this, this, this don't feel right, what's going on. We're going to hit that in a, in, a few, in a few weeks. We're going to take that on. What does the Bible say? We shed innocent blood. That's what we do. We're not, we're not worried about that. Watch what scripture says. They pursue evil schemes, acts of violence mark their ways, the way of peace they do not know. Like, I, don't, aren't you, don't you ever look and go, even the people that I think should be so happy in life are messed up? Like, I, I don't know who Machine Gun Kelly is. I thought it was a girl, and then I looked him up, and I was like, oh, that's a boy. And so, <laughs> right? But on my news feed, it was like Machine Gun Kelly tries to commit, to commit, commit suicide while on the phone with Megan Fox. So I'm trying to figure out, well, who's Machine Gun Kelly? He's an ultra-successful musician dating a girl that many guys would say is a beautiful girl. She was in Transformers. That's the most I know about Megan Fox. And this guy has everything. He has adoring fans. He has fame. He even has a fight with Conor McGregor on his resume, right? Like, he, he has everything. Like, and he is without peace because there's no, there's no line. There's, 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 no, there's no protection. The Bible says they turn, into cro- they turn all of them into crooked paths. No one walks along. These paths knows peace. Justice is far for them, and righteousness does not reach them. They look for light. But everything is dark, the Bible says. Brightness, but there's deep shadows. Like the blind, we grope along the walls, feeling away like people without eyes. At midday, we stumble as if it were twilight. Among the strong, even the best of those outside of Christ are weak, the Bible says. There is no line. 
So what I want to do is I want to take you outside of culture. Listen, if you're not a follower of Jesus Christ, do you. Do you. Be what you want. Live, live your life. You don't have much after this according to what you believe. If it's karma, do karma. If it's reincarnation, pray you come back as something better than what you are right now. If you don't have any faith in somebody who created you and you need somebody to identify you and do things for you and like things about you, by all means, if you got it, flaunt it. But if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, can, can we just turn down the garbage for a few months? Can we just go right back to the word of God? I want to tell you something. I'm not going to attempt to offend you or make you mad or get you to criticize me. But I'm just going to give you what the Bible says for the next few months. I don't care if you get mad. I'm not a slave to Google. I'm not worried about a bad review. We're not a business. We don't have customers. We're a church. I think it's so ridiculous. Can you give us a review on Google? I don't care what you say. It's just, it's just not, that's just not what we're looking Can I just be true? And so I'm just, if you're a young person, I just, I want you to step outside of the ridiculous culture that you're being raised in. And I just want you to begin to step into, into some truth. And so what I want to do is I'm going to start with the soft toss. Can we do that? You know, if you, you know, do something that, start with the soft toss. Let's talk about sex. Baby, let's, right? Let's talk about, let, let's talk about something that everybody wants to talk about anyways, and here's the funny thing about it. Uh, it feels like our culture is the one that is defining and talking about sex as if God didn't design it. God, God designed, I don't know if you knew this, and I know most of us, if I said, wait, what's the first thing you think about when you think about sex? Most of you are not saying, God, Jesus Christ. <laughs> most of you, you, we don't want inside your head, right? Like, but I want you to land there. The very first thing you should think about when you think about sex as created and good, and, and it, should be, it should be God because he made it. I want, I want to show you this in Genesis chapter 1. Genesis chapter 1 means the beginning. In the beginning, in the beginning, not a few years later, not a hundred years later, not centuries later. In the very beginning, God creates the world. No sin. He forms both man and, and woman, both male and female. They're equal but different. Stop listening to culture telling you we're the same. We are not the same. There is things that my wife does that I can never and will never do. Yes. And there is things that I can do that she can. I am stronger than my wife. If you have a husband that's not stronger than you, get him in the gym. If you're dating a guy that's not stronger than you, break up. God created men to protect and nurture his wife. That's what he, we're not, I'm not better, trust me. If you hang out with me and my wife, you will quickly discern the fact that she is smarter and better than me. But I'm the brawn, I'm there to protect I'm there to nurture. We're not the same. We're different, right? And so he makes, we'll talk about this probably at some point because it'll probably be fun. We're both male and female. And watch what the Bible says that God tells him to do. This is, the, this is my favorite part of the Bible. Watch what the Bible says. Genesis chapter 1. God said he created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them male and female. God blessed them. And what does he say to them? Be fruitful and multiply. And I love it that he says it. Not be fruitful and that's it, or not multiply. He says them both. Because to be fruitful is not just to have sex to make babies. Fruitful in your intimacy. Fruitful in your enjoyment. Fruitful in your pleasure. Fruitful in your enjoyment. Fruitful in your pleasure. Fruitful in your intimacy. Fruitful in your oneness. 
fruitful in the blessing of God. And oh, by the way, then you get to celebrate. Listen, it's not a decision you make when you do it the right way. It's a celebration of what happens when two people love each other and have sex. They have babies. That, that's a blessing. It's not a choice. It's a celebration. You see, that's the problem. This is why this is so important. If we get this right, everything else is fixed. Everything else is fixed. If you get this topic right in your life, everything else go, go, goes away. We're going to talk about abortion coming up. I'm both pro-life and pro-abortion. I am pro-life biblically where I say I am all about life, but I'm also pro-choice. You know what choice I'm pro? Stop having sex till you're married. Amen. Just don't do it. And then when you get married, here's the Do it all the time. Can I get an amen? <laughs> Just go after it. Become an expert, right? Write a novel. Do a class. Like, here's, here's how it works. Like, become an expert in doing sex the way God says. Be fruitful and multiply. Genesis chapter 2 paints an even bigger picture. It says the man and woman in the garden, guess what they are? They're naked. And they feel no shame. I love that. That's like a, that sounds like a vacation every married couple should take. <laughs> Do you have carry-on, sir? We have nothing. <laughs> I got my toothbrush, right? Hey. Like, it's just, just, just no, I mean, can we, just, can we just lean in and ask some questions? Is this, is this what the ramifications are of sex right now in our world? Is there no shame? There's disease, there's shame, there's condemnation, there's regret, there's fear, there's baggage. People come to the altar feeling like half of themselves because they have so much regret. There's explanation. There's girls sitting here feeling like you don't deserve, you know what I'm talking about, a guy that loves you because you've messed up so much. There's guys in this room completely addicted to pornography. Like it's just, it's, Satan's having his way. And, and the truth is he started having his way when he got into the garden and he got into their heads. Same way he does ours, same way he does our children. God doesn't know what he's talking about. God's old-fashioned. God didn't make this. God doesn't, you know, have a good plan for it. And Satan convinces them, hey, step outside of God's will. And the Bible says they sin, and they immediately realize they're naked, and they hide. And ever since then, we've been hiding from the truth of God's word. We've been covering up. Some of you, you are, you are, you are experts at wearing costumes and, and covering up. And I just want you to hear my heart. This is not a message of condemnation. And this is not a message of you, you can't fix it. It's, this is the same. Look, if I yell at my kids today, you know what I don't do? I don't go, I'm going to yell or I'm going to yell at them forever. I'm just, I go, I got to figure this out. God, you got to give me peace that surpasses all understanding and the patience. You got to give me some patience because I want to kill them right now, right? So give me patience. If I argue with my wife, do I go, that's it, a divorce. I need a divorce. Some of you have done that. That's stupid. You're in an argument with your wife. How do I fix this? Well, I got to first fix myself because I'm probably the issue. Half of the marriages in this room would be fixed if you stop pointing the finger there and you realize there's a bunch of fingers pointing back at you still. Hey, I got stuff I got to work on. I got stuff I got to fix. I better spend some time with the Lord. I better get my life right before I see my, my wife or my husband. And if you would do that, man, you fix things. Same thing with sex. You don't go, man, I've messed up. I'm never going to fix it. I got all this baggage. Heck with it. I might as well do whatever I want. You go, okay, God, I need to get back in your fence. I want to be like my dog that's enjoying the boundaries of, of, of your protection. God, what do I have to do? So what I want to do, I want to give you a few thoughts about, about this. Because the Bible says in, Pro, in, Re, in Proverbs 29, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. We don't know. You don't know. Where there's no revelation, you just end up doing whatever you want. So I want to walk you, you through just a couple truths about sex. And re really, these are foundational to everything I'm going to talk about. Because I'm going to talk about things that don't line up with what you hear in culture. They're just going to be different. 
You need to understand now. I'm going to show you what the Bible says, and I want you to go back to these four truths, but they're really foundational when it comes to sexuality and understanding God's, God's will for it. Number one is this, some, what I call it, some sexual just because statements, right? Number one, just because you live in a culture where certain types of sexual activity is common doesn't mean it's normal. I want, just because it's common doesn't mean it's no, write it down. Just because it's common doesn't mean it's, it's normal. There's a lot of common things in our life right now that they're not normal. Let me give you an example. How many of you know, if you live in the Northeast, maybe you've never experienced this before, and you've been to the South, that people in the South are different? How would you define people in the South? Nice and kind. If I gave you a piece of paper from school with a bunch of lines on it, and I said, with some adjectives, describe northerners, would kind of nice be anywhere in there? We would say, it's just the way it is. It's normal. It's normal to be jerks. It's normal not to say anything to anybody when you walk in Wawa. It's normal to keep your head down. It's normal to flip people off. It's normal to get mad when they don't drive the right way. It's normal to live, you know, at a 10 where you're always stressed out about everything. It's normal to eat fast. It's normal to talk out of your nose. Know, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, it's just normal, right? Until you actually experience the South. You get on I-95. You get experiences. This is one of my favorite moments in my year because it, it literally, I'm like, okay, God, I got to get to vacation so I get away from mean people so I can get to nice people, right? And so I get on 95. We leave usually, usually after church on a Sunday, and we drive down 95, and we get past Washington, where all of the mean people live, right? And so, and, and you get past Virginia, and right past Richmond, Virginia, is a rest stop with the Popeyes at it. We stop at the same one. It's 30, 40 minutes after Richmond. It's about halfway through your trip. You're out of the crazy of 95. The rest is a straight shot usually, and I get to this Popeye's, and I go in, and these people love me there. <laughs> they ask me about my kids, they ask me how my day was, how's your health, you know, and it's just, it, it, literally, you're like, I, I love these people, and you, when you get down to Myrtle Beach, it's the same way. Everybody, it's not just because you're on vacation, because I've been to Delaware. Vacation is not a prerequisite to the kindness. It's a southern thing. You get down there, and you just expect that most people are genuinely kind and nice. And then you come back up here, and you're like, this is just what we expect. Is it? Just because it's common up here doesn't mean it's normal. Me and you are not normal. That's why we did church the way that we did it. Some of you come into church, like, what's your agenda here? Why are you being so nice to me? I don't know. We're trying to look like Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I think he was a kind person, right? It was a fruit of the spirit. We have him inside of us. The Bible says you'll be known by your fruit. We're going to be kind to people. And I just, I want you to understand it because, because you live in a culture. Like, it's so, it's so common. Homosexuality is common. Getting divorced is common. Having sex before you're married is common. Like, every, everybody has sex before they're married. Even Christians. Like, it's, you know, they wait a couple more dates, you know, go somewhere nice, Applebee's, you know, something like that. And we... We come home and we, we're going to get married. And even, we, we're married in God's eyes now. You ever been around Christians like that? You're like, dude, you're an idiot, right? <laughs> it doesn't say that in Scripture. It, you know, almost, the, the, the Bible never talks in good light when it comes to homosexuality. Not once. It, let me just be clear. It does talk about it. Sometimes you're confused when you listen to people online. It's like, the Bible never talks about it. Oh, it does. You're like, well, it's in the Old Testament. No, it's in the New Testament. 
Well, like, that's like 2,000 years ago. I know, but it's still there. Like, it's never been like, eh, that was a good light. Like, let me just read R- R- Romans chapter 1. Watch what the Bible says in verse number 26. This is one of the verses where it speaks about homosexuality. It says this. It says, because of this, God gave them over to their shameful lust. Now, by the way, Genesis chapter 3 says that they were then realized that they were naked and they felt what? They felt shame. So what does what Romans 1 say? Here's one of, one of the shameful lusts. Not the only one. Let's make sure we do this. There's plenty. We hit the mark on all of them a lot of times. But one of them says that they gave over to the shameful lust. What are they? Women exchange natural sexual relations for unnatural sexual ones. Can I just stop here and just, just tell you, when there's no line, we also are always walking contradictions? Because like if we have a culture that says, well, there's no God. We believe in evolution, right? And so evolution evolved, and then stuff works different because we've evolved differently. But we also believe in homosexuality, but we haven't evolved to where, you know, certain things work without the opposite sex. So you either believe in a creator, uh, and that's wrong because the Bible says it's wrong, or you believe in evolution, and that doesn't make sense because it doesn't work like that yet. Am I, am I, right? So just comment, this problem with there's no line, there's no common sense. We just make it up as we go. You ever play a game with one of your kids? They made up as they go, and you start doing the rules, and you're beating them, and are like, no, no, new rule. <laughs> and you can't win? Culture. It's a new rule. It's a new rule. Okay, I'm going to play by your rules. Okay, I'm fine with this. Okay, but there's another new rule. Okay, let me play by Okay, but there's another new rule. Okay, no, forget that. I'm just going to go back to the way the Bible says the game is played. I'm just going to stay right in the guidance of what the Bible says. And I'm not going to look at things that the Bible says are not normal and say, well, they're so common, they have to be okay. And the Bible never speaks about it. Divorce is so common, it has to be okay. You know what the Bible says about divorce? I hate divorce. That's what the Bible says. God hates divorce. You know why he hates divorce? Because it destroys families. It destroys families. You get married to somebody like, oh, I'm just not married to the right person. That's, listen, everybody in the world will annoy you if you spend enough time with them. <laughs> Am I preaching right? Anybody married a long time in here? Come on now. You ain't married the wrong person. You're annoying and they're annoying. You need the <laughs> grace of God in your life to make it through life with them. The, the grace. Okay, so just because it's, it's common doesn't mean it's normal. Let me give you a few more. Number, number two is this. Just because it's popular. This is important for some of you in this room. Doesn't mean it's right. Write this down somewhere. Just because it's popular doesn't mean it's right. Yeah, yeah, you ever have this conversation with your uh, teenagers because they are all about popularity. Everything they wear is based on what somebody else said is cool. Like sometimes they're wearing stuff. I'm like, that's not cool. They're like it's cool now. I'm like, well, who said? Somebody, right? And so everything is about that. And we, we fall on this. If it's popular, it has to be right. I just want to remind you, just because something's popular, just because it's popular to have sex outside of marriage, it's popular to live with, with your, your person. Like, we're going to move in, we're going to try this out, play house, right? Like, we'll do that for a little bit. It's, it's popular. Doesn't mean it's right. And my kids will often say when I'm having an argument with them or a conversation with them, they'll often come to me and try to persuade me and ask me for something that I already know in the conversation I'm never going to give them, right? But I like to humor them and listen to their con- their, what they're going to say. And so they'll ask me for something, and in their conversation, I can guarantee you at some point, in the way that they want to kind of sway me, they'll use this phrase. They'll say, everyone else has it, Dad. Billy Bob over there doesn't have it. He don't even have teeth, right? Like, 
Billy Bob don't have it. Well, yeah, Billy Bob doesn't have it. And so I stop on them because I'm, I want to be truthful with them. I say, listen, if you say everyone, that means, by definition, everyone. But if it might be a lot, m- m- might be many, might be more than you want to admit, might be more, whatever. But it's not everyone. A lot of times, it's everyone believes like that. Everyone looks at sex like that. Everyone thinks homosexuality is okay. Everyone thinks you can pick your own gender. Everyone, man, everyone's cool with being a furry, not hurting anybody. Everyone is cool with picking your bathroom. Everyone thinks like that. Not, not everyone. Not everyone. And it doesn't matter what everyone thinks. Just because everyone believes it doesn't mean it's right. Just because it's popular, everyone has sex outside of marriage. I've heard people say that. Everyone does that. Everyone looks at pornography. Everyone, everyone gets a, has an STD. It's like a club now. Everyone gets abortions. Everybody goes to strip clubs. Everybody has, has parties before they get married, bachelor and bachelorette parties, and does things that they're not proud of. Everyone does that. Everyone cheats on their boyfriend and girlfriend when they go away. Everyone does that. Just because everyone does it, which is not true, by the way. Just because it's popular doesn't mean that it's right. In fact, the Bible says in Isaiah 5, I love this verse. It says, woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Woe to those who call evil good. You'll notice, I'm going to preach about things and you're going to have heard in culture that it's good. But the Bible says, if it's evil, woe to you who say, no, 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 that's good, even though I've said it's evil. And then says, you're being evil by lining your life up with the word of God. You have to remember, when Jesus saves you, he does not save you to be a full-time citizen of the earth. He calls you to be a citizen of the kingdom of God. And his ways are higher than the ways of this earth. You've thought like an earthling, and God has created you to put the mind of Christ in you so that you will think like a person of heaven. It's different. Let me just give you two more. Elliot, you can, you can play me out. These sermons getting longer and longer every time. And so uh, number three, just because it draws criticism, this is important, doesn't mean it's wrong. This one is really important. Now, I want to preference this by saying it's a really bad goal as a follower of Christ that your goal is, I, I want everybody to hate me. I want to be unliked. The Bible says Jesus was hated. I should, you know, be hated too. That's a bad goal. Right? Like typically that's in somebody who's a jerk. Or a lot of times what I found in Christian faith, the guys that are, and the girls that are most pompous about their faith often have secret sins hidden that makes them like that. Like they're like, just deal with your own stuff, like plank in your own eye, right? But I also need need you to understand, younger people, college students, you see, I see it a lot here. I'm actually, I pray for my kids a lot because I want them to be who God created them to be. I don't care what the world says about them. And my kids, by choice, go to public school, which already makes them different. You're just, you're just, you're just different. You have different parents. We think differently. Uh, we have different habits, different schedules. We were put on this in this town to be, to be different. You can't, or to make a difference. You can't make a difference unless you're different. But I want them to be aware. You're going to go to school, and sometimes, you know, what you believe in is going to be, it's going to draw criticism. Like, they, they've gotten that. Like, a, you know, they had the fake votes, and they didn't vote for the right person. You know what I'm talking about? I remember when I was in seventh grade, everybody voted for Ross Perot. You remember him? Remember him? He was never going to be the president of the United States, but all the cool kids voted for Ross, Ross Perot. I don't even remember who I voted for. Probably Dan Quayle, right? Or somebody like that. And I remember I, I experienced, and so it's been like that. Like, you like him? My kids don't know anything about politics. We love Jesus. We gave up on politics 
years ago because the Bible said that's not where my foundation is. They're all jacked, right? And so, like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to vote, and we're going to be, you know, we got our own opinions. But, like, you have to get to the point. You have to get your kids to the point where it's like, I, I'm okay with being different. I, I'm, I'm okay with somebody criticizing. I'm okay with somebody pointing things out to me. I'm okay with somebody calling me a loser. Like, you see it in culture. Like, you're a virgin, and you're 16. You loser. Or here's going to be a conversation on the bus. You don't look at pornography. What are you, gay? You're a loser, right? You're saving yourself for marriage. I remember, remember when Tim Tebow was really, was really popular, right? Like he, some of you still like Tim Tebow, but, but he, was, he played football. He wasn't very good at football. But the other thing about Tim Tebow, he's a very sold out follower of Jesus Christ. Like he just loves Jesus. And he was like, he's going to save himself for marriage, right? And so he saved it. That's what he said. We don't know, but he said he did. And so, and now he's married to like some kind of model or something like that. And I think Tim Tebow is like, who's laughing now, right? Like who, like, oh, oh, oh no, you made fun of me. But like so many times it's like, okay, if you're criticizing me, if you're making fun of me, if you think I'm weird, like if, if, if it does, that has to mean that I'm wrong. But you need to understand something. Uh, you'll hear a lot in culture, you're supposed to be tolerant, but love is not tolerant of things the Bible calls evil. What you actually are is a coward. Because when you're sold, you'll be bold. Write that down somewhere. God's been speaking that to me because it's hard. Sometimes I'm like, can I just say something nice, God? Can we just, can we just talk about like heaven and like how everybody goes and like mansions and money and upper middle class for every you know for every like, can we just not do this but when you're sold when you know the goodness of God when you know he saved you from your sins when there you know this world has nothing for you the natural thing is you'll be bold with your faith and sometimes God's going to call you to stand up and say that's not in a loving way that's not what the Bible teaches I'm not going to wear that was a big story four players on the Tampa Bay Rays wouldn't wear the hats during pride month big news story we've become so weak in our faith that that is a big news story instead of saying no here's who we are we're not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ because it's the power to save even someone like me you were born that way that's great Jesus said be born again I had problems I have issues I got insecurities I got identity problems but Jesus saved my life just because it draws criticism. In fact, I want you to write this down. This, and I want you to go back to this verse. If you have trouble with this, Ezekiel chapter 3. He's a preacher to people that don't want to hear what he's going to say. Here's what he says. The Bible says, God says, when I say to a wicked person, you're going to die. You know that's what, sin, that's what the Bible says about sin? Sin brings death. That's what it says. It doesn't sugarcoat it at all. Jesus didn't sugarcoat it at all. Sin brings death. Watch what the Bible says. When I say to a wicked person, you're going to die and you do not warn them or speak out to dissuade them from their evil ways in order to save your own life, save their life, in order to just stay, stay, stay neutral, stay tolerant, be filled with love. Watch what the Bible says. The wicked person will die, and I'm going to hold you accountable for their blood. That's one of those ones that's like, oh, I don't want that. So I'm going to remind myself, just because it draws criticism doesn't mean it's wrong. Let me just give you one more thought uh, when it comes to sex. Really, this one's really for sex. Just because it's old-fashioned doesn't mean it's outdated. Just because it's old-fashioned. Well, think about how much different life would be. If you were raised in a family with both a mom and a dad 
who loved Jesus. This is, and not, most of us didn't have this. Loved Jesus and loved each other. Taught you about God, who he is, how much he loves you, what his son did for you on that cross. Taught you about your identity. Taught you from a young age. You were formed in your mother's womb. You're, you're not ours. That's not how it goes. You're God's. He put you on this earth for such a time as this. He wants to work in and through your life. If you're a guy, imagine having a dad who instilled in you. Here's what a godly guy looks like. If you're a mom, here's what a godly woman looks like. Here's how you treat a woman because you have a godly mom. Here's how you treat a, a, a woman. Hey, conversations, like real conversations. Stay away from pornography. It's going to destroy your life. They set up boundaries and protections, and you were raised in a home like that. You got to the age where it was time to, time to find, find a spouse, and you went to college, and you had set the bar high because the expectations you set determine the realities you get. So if you want a different reality, raise the level of expectations. So you have these expectations, and you, you meet this person, and they come into your life, and it's not easy. You see them, you're like, this is so hot. Everybody else is having sex, but you set up boundaries because the Bible says not to, and then you, 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 you get married, and both of you saved yourself for marriage. It wasn't easy. And you went out on your honeymoon, and you, you had the greatest night of your life. Like, this is amazing. This is better than golf, right? Like, this is so, so fun. You don't have a bad round of golf, and you never, that's never bad. And so this is so... This is so fun. And then you kept doing it. You kept getting better and all these, getting to know each other. And you're growing in intimacy and oneness. And then you have a couple babies and you bring them up. And then all of a sudden they have the same, same cycle going on. Imagine what life would look like. Well, here, here's what Satan wants you to think. It's so outdated. God's view of sex is so boring. You know what? You know what's more exciting? Have sex with as many people as you possibly can. Get practice. Someday your spouse will thank you. I want to, I have never in all my premarital counseling days sat in a conversation with a guy and a girl that were thinking about getting married and then begin to have a conversation about their past and, you know, all the things. And one of them say, you know what I'm really happy for? I'm really happy you're really experienced in sex. Tell me about all those partners. Tell me how I measure up. It's, it's just, it's not, it's always pain. Satan wants you to think it's boring. Satan wants you to live together before you get married, take it out for a test drive. He doesn't want you to know 90% of people who live together before they get married never get married. Now, I'll be happy to tell you we put a dent in that here because I do their weddings for free. I know a guy. If you live together, you're ready to get married, we can do this, right? We might do it in a couple weeks on a Sunday morning. Why not? Just bring you up. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am, right? Like, just knock it out we'll put some flowers on the stage for you but he wants you to think that he wants you to not know that after you, if, if you do get married that's your, your your divorce rate goes up 75 percent it's boring so outdated i just want you to hear it just because it's old-fashioned doesn't mean it don't work it doesn't change it's been the same since the garden you're supposed to be with your wife or your husband be fruitful and multiply real simple be with your husband and wife be fruitful build intimacy build oneness uh, build an understanding enjoyment pleasure have babies bring them into a family where they understand that create a generational life where, where, where many generations are coming up after that that's freedom right there amen it's not judgment it's not anger hey you don't love jesus do you but if you love christ he gave it right here here's the safety it's not it's not not to keep you in it's to protect you God's for you. Do you know that? God, God is for you, not against you. That's one of my favorite verses. 
God, say it, God's for me, not against me. He's not trying to stand in your way. He's trying to bring you a life that you can never imagine possible. He's the God of the, I love it, Ephesians. He's able to do immeasurably more you could ever ask you or imagine. Would you stand to your feet as we end this day? Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? I know there's people of all walks of life, all ages, all issues. There's people who struggle with homosexuality here today. Uh, there's people who are addicted to pornography here today. I'm just spitting out based on statistics, math. There's marriages that are falling apart today. There's couples that you're not married, but you're sleeping together today. Like you've just come to church and it's not a big deal. There's young girls that are feeling the weight of the pressure of trying to get a guy to like them. And so you're, you're thinking about giving that part of your life up. There's guys that you're constantly being bombarded with images of what it looks like to be a real man. A real man drives a big truck and has big muscles and sleeps with lots of girls. It's a real man. You want to know what a real man looks like? Study Jesus. He serves. He's sacrificial. He's loving. He's compassionate. He's sensitive. We all, if we're in this place, have work to do there. And I'm not sure where you're at, but here's what I know. Number one, God's not done with you. He's not disgusted by you. He's not turned off by your past. He's not overwhelmed by your mistakes. He doesn't look at you and say he doesn't want anything to do with you. He's for you, not against you. But he has a a plan for your life. He's created things with the process. And you are not the exception to the rule. Somebody told me that one time because I always think that I am. It's a flaw. Everybody goes in that way. I'm going to go this other way. It's quicker. You're not the exception to the rule. This is how it works out. Satan's plan for your life is shame, brokenness, loneliness, a lack of intimacy, no fruitfulness. God's plan is perfect. But like anything, you got to give him time. You got to trust him. Sometimes you got to be alone with him. Sometimes you got to watch other people feel like they're sprinting while you're, while you're walking. You don't fully understand what's going on. Sometimes you got to go backwards before you go forward, if you know what I'm talking about. Like you're in a relationship that you know you shouldn't be in, but for you to break it off, it feels like you're going to go backwards. Sometimes you got to go backwards to go forward. There'll be seasons when you're, just to be honest with you, you just feel, like some of you, I just feel it. You just feel so alone. Like this is never going to happen. If I set those expectations, it will never work out like that. God said it, he'll do it. Amen. If God said it, the Bible says all his promises are yes and amen. You're not too broken. You're not too far. You haven't been used too much. And just like if you came into this place and you lied or you were impatient or you gossiped or what do you do in all those situations? You realign your life. You repent, you confess, and you turn back. Same thing with this. I'm going to get myself back into where God has called me to be. He protects. He guides. Here's the line. Here's what I'm going to do. I don't care what anybody else says. I'm going to follow him. It's that old song. What's that old song? I've decided to follow Jesus. There's no turning back. There's no turning back.
That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to follow Christ. Maybe you're in this place and you don't know him. You don't know how much he loves you. You don't know what he sees in you. I wish you would just listen to the words. I know your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed. And if you would just stay there for a moment, but you would just listen to me. You're not a mistake. You're not junk. You're not too far gone. You're not forgotten. You're not unimportant. I don't care what your earthly parents said or did or what's been spoken over you. You're God's. The Bible speaks really clearly. That's why we have such strong opinions on life. The Bible says before the foundations of the world that he was thinking about you. That his thoughts for you are more than the, the sand that's on the shore. That he formed you in your mother's womb. That he created you with good plans. Plans to prosper and not harm you. That you're not an accident. Some of you need to hear the prayer that was, is in the, in the book of Esther where Esther finds out that she's been put on this earth for such a time as this. That you have purpose beyond what you can even understand. And there's a God that loves you more than you can comprehend. He loves you so much. The Bible says in John 3, 16 that he sent his one and only begotten son to die on a cross. And whoever believes in him shall not perish, shall not die in their sin, are not destined for hell, but will have eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. That's what faith is. Faith is not, I change myself, I clean myself up, then God takes me back. Faith is, I'm at my lowest, my most broken, and God meets me there. Maybe I'm speaking to you right now. Man, your life is a mess. You're not done. Heart's still beating, God still has a purpose and a plan for you. And it starts, it will always start with the confession, Jesus, be the Lord and Savior of my life. I believe you died on a cross for my sins. And the Bible says on the third day you rose in power and you defeated death and hell. And it's through you that I become a brand new person. So maybe I'm speaking to you right now. I don't know how I'm speaking to you because we don't know each other. That's the spirit of the living God. And the Bible says he knocks at the door of your heart. If you would let him in, he would come in and he would heal you and make you whole. So with nobody looking around in this moment, if you would say, hey, pastor, that's me. It's just me and you here. God's, God's here too, but it's just me and you. I don't want anybody else looking around. God's going to do the saving, but I want to lead you in a prayer in this moment. If that's you all over this place, unashamedly, a little bit of courage. Some of you, that's how you start faith, a little bit of courage and a whole lot of faith. If you would say, hey, that's me. Jesus is going to be the Lord of my life right now. I want to pray that. I want to ask him into my life right now. If that's you, would you just shoot your hand straight towards heaven? I carried into this place a heavy amount of burden and baggage. I see a hand there. There's another hand there. Is there anybody else? <laughs> heavy amount of baggage in my life. A lot of shame, but I'm going to walk out of this place in freedom. I'm going to be fully healed in Jesus' name. Would you just begin to pray something like this? Father, thank you for coming into my life today. Lord, even though I tried to run and do life on my own, Jesus, you pursued me. And today I welcome you into my life. I ask you to be my Lord and my Savior. Jesus, heal me and make me whole. Thank you for your forgiveness that you paid for on that cross. Thank you for the power of the resurrection that heals me and makes me whole. And thank you, Lord, that scripture tells me that I'm a brand new person today. That what was true of me when I walked into this place is no longer true of me. Lord, we're grateful, Father, for all that's happening in this place. Lord, I pray right now that you would develop in us. Lord, the Bible talks about how there's certain churches, certain 
Christians that are always hearing, Lord, never doing. Always hearing, never doing. Lord, that's not what this is about. Lord, give us not only ears to hear, but give us the will to obey. Lord, it's through obedience that we walk into our destiny. Some of us holding up life because we simply won't say yes in this moment. And so, Lord, we're going to walk in purity. The Bible says, how do you walk in purity as a young person? You know the Word of God and you walk it out. That's what the Bible says. You know the Word of God. It's a lamp unto my feet and it's a light unto my path. It's a weapon in my hand, Lord. It's sharper than a double-edged sword. It's, Lord, would you give us a, a deep desire to know your word, and then, Lord, would we just follow it. Whatever you say, Lord, we're just going to obey you. And I'm thankful, Father, for all the fruit that is going to come from this, this week, Lord, but not just this week, from the weeks to follow. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for all that you've done. In Jesus' name we pray. One more time. Would you shout amen together? Let's clap together one more time. Thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to listen to our podcast. If you decided to give your life to Jesus after hearing this message or want to learn more about how you can join us in person, visit jrny.church for more resources or to find a location near you. Have a great rest of your day.